Hey, what's up all of you who are tuning in to check out our latest message right here online. Listen, it's going to be a great message and we hope that you enjoy, but even more than that, we would love to see you in person at one of our live weekend worship experiences. If you're not in our area, we want to encourage you to find a local church where you live because we just believe that we're no good alone. We're better together and you need family. So if you're not in our area, make sure you find a place where you live where you can attend a physical church and become family. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message and have a good day. get through the barriers and the bridges and all the other things that society will place in your way to get to the person who's in need, you're going to need the blood of the lamb, you're going to need the banner of his love, and you're going to have to operate in the brotherhood of liberty, for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Obviously, boy, Jesus is here. Obviously, the priest and the Levite were not free. That's why they had to take and step across to the other side. By the way, the road to Jericho and beyond was a very dangerous road. So there was wisdom in what they were thinking, but there was no spiritual reality in what they were doing. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. What does that mean? That means when I am free on the inside, it shows up on the outside, and I will go to those that are in need, not for any reason, but to honor and glorify Jesus Christ. Let's go into the story this morning, shall we? Operation Rescue. Mark your calendar. October the 9th is a Wednesday evening, and we're going to have a special night here in our service, and we have a guest coming to speak to all of us about what's going on out in society. By the way, listen, someone said, and I won't mention his name because that would put us right here in our own district. An individual said to me not too long ago, Coach, if you want to know about our society, always follow the money. And our young people and adults, we need to know that the business world is all about making money. They don't care about wrecking your soul and your children's future. It's all about making money. Is that your God this morning? If it is, you will never cross the other side to help the person in need. This is really simple this morning. It is more profound if Jesus could actually be here this morning and share the story because it will rivet all of us into asking ourselves very important questions. Let's begin at verse 25 this morning. And I want you to get this first principle, please. I was not a principal person, and I'm not talking about an administrator, until I finally grasped the truth that my dad said to me many years ago, if you're going to be successful in life, you must be principle-based. Get this first principle, please. The expert of the law failed in the Operation Rescue Mission. Just because you're an expert means absolutely nothing to Jesus Christ. Hmm. Listen closely. On one occasion, an expert in the law, can you imagine this, stood up to test Jesus. Well, who was Jesus? He was the giver of the law. 
He was the writer of the law, but up steps an expert in the law to test Jesus. Listen, get this, please. Experts still love to test. And boy, do I stay away from them. Why? Because they will not go to the other side of the road. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26, what is written in the law? He replied, oh man, what a teacher. Jesus, Jesus. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's way outside the church, ladies and gentlemen. That's outside where people may never come inside, but you must go to their aid. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Ready for the next piece? The expert of the law loved testing Jesus, but the expert of the law loves to justify himself. Hmm. Look at the verse, verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself. Wow. Don't you think that people will want to do that when they stand before the Lord of all time, of creation? They will want to justify how they've lived. Let me see if I can take a time out right here. Joshua and I got into a discussion about pro sports and specifically a specific team. And I said, Joshua, if sports is all about just making money, no wonder some organizations can never win. And then justify themselves. But he wanted to justify himself, and so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Man, be careful when you want to start getting into a discussion with Jesus. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Let's, let's, let's play this out. Well, that's his fault. He should have known the road. Absolutely, he would know the road. That's a very dangerous road in that hour, in that culture, at that time. Well, see, he should not have been out there. And that's how we do things even today. Hmm. That child would not have been abused. That child would not have been taken advantage of. That would not have happened if they would have. That's called justifying instead of serving. And he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who's my neighbor? And so Jesus replied by saying, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Man, that's going on big time right now. Not in Jericho, not in Jerusalem, right here in Levy County. Right here in the Tri-County area. They stripped him of his clothes. That means he would be naked. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Hmm. Let's, let's carry on. So now we see the expert. He has failed. But Jesus is not over yet with the story. Let's talk about the Levite. A Levite is an individual who was set apart in the Old Covenant. I'm trying to give you a little background knowledge. He was a part of the priesthood of the Old Covenant. He was the one who came from the tribe of Levi. So now verse 32. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, pass by on the other side. So now we have two individuals who were highly capable of making a difference in the life of this person who's been robbed and beaten and left half dead. And we have the priest 
who's to be the mediator between God and man, he looks at the situation and steps to the other side. Now we have the Levite, who is a big-time law keeper. He also, from the tribe of Levi, which takes him way back, which is all about status and who you are, bring that forward, think about today, he sees the same situation and he steps to the other side. Now we come to the Samaritan, the half-breed. They're still looked upon that way today. Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity on him. The other night on the evening news, we were watching a bullying situation on the evening news and where two young men jumped a student The first one hit him real hard in the face and then followed up with the second one. That young man has lost his life over bullying. When we take pity on a situation, we don't talk about it. We don't put it out on Facebook. We go to the rescue of that individual. And we don't even have to say anything about it because our Father in heaven knows that our heartbeat was there and we were going to do something about it. Listen closely. In the training on Friday, I said to all of those that were there for those hours, I said, I want to add something to the Department of Law Enforcement. Instead of just saying, see something and say something, let's do something. And that's what the Good Samaritan does. Anybody can put stuff out there. What I want to know, will you put yourself out there for the good of those who have been beaten, robbed, persecuted, raped, violated? Are you willing to do what's necessary so that they can have life and then experience eternal life? He took pity on him, but that's not all that he did. There are the, oh, oh, that's so sad. Oh, I feel so sorry for them. That is not the depth of pity. Let's go deeper. Verse 34. And he went to him and he bandaged up his wounds. Now he's using his resources in his toolbox and pouring oil and wine upon the wounds. Then he put the man, oh my goodness, on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. I did a little research because I wanted to find out what two denarius really stands for. And it stands for this. One denarius stands for a day's wages. So he gave two days work and returned to this individual. Listen to the rest of the story. The next day he took out two denarius and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. We are living in a season of Operation Rescue. Listen closely. It is a prophetic word from the Lord for the body of Christ. It is time for the body of Christ to get outside the walls and get out to where the people are hurting, where they're bruised, where they're bleeding, where they're broken, and we take the oil, we take the wine, we take our resources, and we meet their needs. And if there's continual needs that they have, after the beginning, we'll come back and pay the extra. (laughs) And the beauty of this is, not only do I have the right to preach this, now I have the right to live this. And I'm on it. Because I'm not like 
pro sports where I just finished the season. I'm winning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Someone came up to me the other day at the break in our training and said, hey, uh, coach, when you're all done with everything, what are you going to do? And they laid out some things for me to consider. And I said, you know, I've been praying about that. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man? Wow, is he putting the pressure on the expert? Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Verse 37, and the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. <laughs> Pastor, how would the brotherhood of liberty actually operate? Because they always extend mercy and just keep on traveling. The one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, now listen, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. So now as we come towards the close, and then I'm going to have Robin come and share a story. Because see, I would rather spend less time in here and more time out there looking for the bleeding, looking for the broken, looking for those that are wounded and need bandages. I want to go where the blood really needs to be applied. I want to go where the bond of love has got to be expressed because they have no clue what the love of the gospel is all about. It can't just be preached. It's got to be demonstrated. And then I want to hook up with those who walk in the brotherhood of liberty and go set them free. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, so now what we're going to look at as we come to the close of this story, Jesus said it's all about mercy. Listen to these verses and then two quotes. Father, thank you. Operation Rescue Missions can only be fulfilled through mercy. Let's go Old Testament then to the New Testament. 2 Samuel 24, 14. David said to Gad, I'm in deep distress. Wow, thank God for honesty. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But do not let me fall into human hands. Whose hands are you in this morning? Who are you trusting? Human hands or the hands of mercy? And how will you know that when they come to help and to assist, how will they know that you're really the extension of the hands of the Lord because they're going to see mercy? Not mercy that then goes back and goes, let me tell everybody out there in social network what I did today. Who cares? As long as he knows. As long as he knows. As long as he knows. Because the Bible says that everyone in this house, everyone under the sound of this voice, will give an account for what you've done and why you did it the way you did it. I have shared with this house on many occasions these are two very important terms you need to capture. What is the intent and what is the motive? What is the intent and what is the motive? If you want to know the intent and the motive of God the Father, just go to the cross and see the demonstration of a slaughtered lamb in human form. Go to the cross. Someone said at Lancaster yesterday, they said, every time I think about the cross, listen closely, I don't actually see Jesus hanging up I see him laying down on that cross waiting for it to be lifted up. It looks like he's on the altar. And I said he was. Are we? Are we? Am I? If there's a need that comes up this week, am I going to run to that situation and extend mercy? 
Not talk about what I know and what I don't know. Not determine if they are a part of my party. Not determining if they're a part of my race and my background and my nationality. But are they in need? Will I run to the rescue? Jesus, what an awesome teacher you are. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you go to the throne room on your own before the Father who will give to you the privilege of knowing the high priest, not like the priest on the Jericho Road, but like the priest who died for you, Jesus Christ, our high priest. Listen, he will give you mercy, not just for your life, but mercy to extend to others. Titus 3.5, he saved us, not because of our righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. So when you think about the cross, when you think about Jesus not merely on the cross, but before he arrived at the cross and he's being beaten for us and he's being whipped for us and he's being upon for us, I want you to see that he was the exact representation of God's heart filled with mercy. If you only show mercy to those who pay you back with mercy, that was the wrong intent. That was the wrong motive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Here's what it says. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. What they need to see is what many children and young people are not seeing. It was brought to my attention in the training on Friday, and they brought data to reveal the truth that many of our children that are struggling with mental health issues, they have no father figure in their lives. And then there are men that have no backbone in their lives. The strength of your backbone will be seen. How well are you crucified? And this is what the Bible says in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Children, young people need to see mercy. And not a pity party, but mercy. Mercy where you're willing to put everything on the line for their full recovery. That's Operation Rescue. Two quotes, and then Robin, if you'd like to come. Quote number one, the truth doesn't have to do with cruelty. The truth has to do with mercy. The good Samaritan, I don't know if he ever went to church. I have no idea. I know he was a half-breed, so if he went into the tabernacle, if he went into the temple, if he went into the synagogue, all the Jews were going to run out because they could not stand Samaritans. <laughs> but he carried the truth. He carried the truth. That's my neighbor. Doesn't attend our church. Doesn't go where I go, but that's my neighbor. Talking about Jesus. That's my neighbor. Oh, my goodness. I do need to go there. Whoa. Man, he's been beat. Oh, he's been, oh, my goodness. He doesn't have any clothes on. Oh, my God, I'm leaving. No, no, I'm not. I've got exactly what he needs. Let me get those items. And I'm beginning to do exactly what he needs. And I pour the oil and I pour the wine and I lift him up and I put him on the back of my donkey. He's on the donkey and I'm walking. 
We live in one of the most self-centered times I've ever seen in my life, and I'm older than 21. The last one, Dr. Billy Graham, the wonderful news is that our Lord is a God of mercy. Now listen, and he responds to repentance. Pastor, what have you learned through all these years? Background music, please. I have learned that people want mercy, but they do not want to repent. Let me say that again. I have learned in 40 years of ministry and over 60 years in the church, people want God's mercy, but they don't want to repent. But Dr. Billy Graham makes it very clear that God will release mercy, but if you don't even repent, you don't have no access into the kingdom. You must repent. Repent of what, Pastor? Repent of seeing situations and needs that you could make a difference and you just kind of, well, I'm really not a pastor and I'm not a law expert, but heck with that. I'm not, oh, that person's hungry? Man, I'm not buying them anything. Man, if you knew what I knew about them, I wouldn't, come on, man. We want God's mercy, but we won't repent of shallow thinking of convictions that aren't even in alignment with God's word. Just as he rescued you, you and I must go out and rescue them. They're waiting on us right now. Somewhere today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere there are individuals waiting. Could be a child, could be a teenager. It could be an adult. It could be a grandparent. It could be someone in a healthcare situation. They are looking for your mercy to come flowing through. With what? The stamp of the blood of the Lamb. With what? The banner of love and the brotherhood of liberty. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Shall we pray? Robin, if you'll come. Father, you established this ministry here that it would be a part of Operation Rescue. The calling on this house is that we would go out into the highways and the byways and we would compel by lifestyle, by our works, by our deeds, by our love, by our sacrifice, by our surrender. This is the way, walk ye in it. Father, as you have demonstrated your love through your son, Jesus Christ, you are longing for the church to demonstrate, even though it may be messy, even though it may be bloody, even though it may look ugly, even though people put things out there they should never have put out there, we must go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, right now, church, pray with me. I lift up my brother in London who has that awesome ministry on the streets. I pray for Pastor Kurt as a good Samaritan as he has been. May you enable him with mercy from the throne room to continue reaching out and rescuing individuals all through the streets of London. Thank you, Lord, he's been true to you with the home going of his wife. Thank you, Father, he's been faithful to you. 
Thank you, Father God, that while we're here and he's there, there is no time limit in the kingdom. You're ministering through the power of the Holy Ghost and the angels of the Lord in camp roundabout, Kurt and his sons. I thank you. Father, we also lift up missionaries who have obeyed the call, who have heard the call of the Lord and have gone to countries and nations where family members have said, what are you doing? Why are you going? You've got to be crazy. And they've obeyed your voice and they've hearkened unto you and they're where you want them to be. Instill and install in them the mercy that they need and the resources that they have that they might help those who are wounded, those that are robbed those that are broken, those that have barriers and bridges. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Now as we settle in here in this tri-county area, may we be willing to go into areas others wouldn't even think about going. And may we, Father, under the guise of the Holy Ghost, may we give, may we share, may we do and say nothing until we're home with the Lord. Father God, let us respond to Operation Rescue. Let that be the heartbeat of the church, the body of Jesus Christ. Operation Rescue. And we thank you this morning that on Golgotha, the greatest rescue has taken place. The operation has been completed. The tomb is open and the garden has access and the open room and the upper room is available that we might come and be baptized with the Holy Ghost with fire from on high and walk accordingly to the counsel of your word. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. God's people said, amen. Stand with me if you will, please. I want to tell you a story and then Robin's going to take you deeper. That's 11.42. Tell your flesh it's a liar. My God, he's so long. Keep playing. Keep playing. Friday, I was doing a campus tour on security at Chief Elementary School. and There was about 10 different agencies that were there with us. And the growth that has taken place is for another time and story. But as we were working towards all of the portables, I looked at these two ladies, and it was like, honestly, I was like, oh, they were just soaked. I mean, their hair was wet. There was wet coming down their cheeks, sweat just rolling, and everything's like, Ugh. And then the one individual came over to me, and for me, it got too close. Hopefully she won't listen to this. And she reached over and she said, Coach, I love you. I was like, ugh, ugh, not today. And I said to her, Ann Wood, I love you. In the right context, Ann Wood, I love you. I said, you have always been willing to serve behind the lines. So what are you doing? I was setting up the story. Because I wanted to, I knew what they were doing. I saw the backpacks. I knew it, but I wanted to hear. I said, What y'all doing? And her sister was there with her. And they said, Well, we're delivering backpacks. I said, Backpacks? For what? Because I wanted the story. Coach, you know what we're doing. We're bringing these backpacks for the children. 
who aren't going to have anything over the weekend. And they need these backpacks. She's not able to be here this morning. So because they're also connected to Robin and the health program there at Chief Middle High School, Robin's going to share a little bit with you. At the end, when we have the benediction, some have already begun to just, this is going to go straight to Robin. And it's not going to go through our finance committee. It's going straight from here to her because I trust her. That's a heavy mantle. That's a heavy mantle. All relationships live or die on the word trust. That's a heavy mantle that God's placed upon my life on that calling way back at Beulah Beach on Lake Erie many, many years ago. That's a heavy mantle. He's trusting me. But we're going to set this up to where you can come and put 50 cents, a dollar, whatever. And then she's going to turn it over to Coach Ann Wood, who's now working full-time pretty much in the area of food, supplies, backpacks for kids. I, I know the experts, some experts could be here. My God, you know, anybody can come pick one up. They don't even need it. Keep talking. Jesus is walking right up on you. That's not your job. Your job is to sow. Your job is to give mercy and let God do the rest. So I'd like for you to come up to where I was standing so the anointing will touch you. I'm playing. And I want you to share with God's people a little bit more because you see it. You see it on a regular basis. And then I'll, I'll close in prayer. And as we leave, you can come by and, you know, whatever you got. Could be a mint. Whatever. But put something there. We don't know who we're going to touch, but we're going to touch. We're going to touch somebody. Talk with you, please. I, I don't have any connection with the program whatsoever. I don't do anything for it except house it in the health room. Um, we had an extra room. Ann and Sue come in on Thursdays. They pack those backpacks. Um, and then the kids come on Friday and pick them up. Um, for some kids it would be embarrassing but for some kids that's all they're going to eat all weekend um, and they get the backpack some of them get a duffel bag they, they do it by how many kids are in the family they get so many food or so much food for how many kids are in the family um, the teachers are the ones that have to do the sheet for the kids and they send it home, the parents have to sign it to get the food. So, I mean, it really is a, it's a process. And some of the parents are embarrassed, but that's all their kids are going to eat. And um, some of these kids are not, they're not considered poor kids. They're the kids that fall through the crack. The, the poor kids get welfare. The poor kids get food. They get food stamps. These are kids whose parents work two jobs and still can't make it. Um, it's not a, you know, poor thing. I mean, and so don't look at it as being, well, those kids, you know, their parents work. They should have food. They do work. They work hard. And they still can't make ends meet. And it's not that they don't know how to manage their money. It's just it only goes so far. 
And these kids, when they come in on Friday, it's like, it just breaks your heart. I had one student last year. And he's a kid that I'm not really sure I like a lot. He's one of those that is just needy. He just wants to have attention all the time. Those are the ones that you got to give attention to. But sometimes I don't like to do that. But anyway, he came in and I got word that he was going out and giving food out of his backpack to other kids. And it's like, but that's what you've got. And I talked to him the next week. I said, that's what you've got for the weekend. That's what you and your brothers and sisters have for the weekend. You can't be giving it out. And he's like, Miss Robin, they got less than I have. And I said, give me their name and I will get them a backpack. But it's just, that's what it is. It's not kids that are poor kids. It's just less fortunate kids. Kids that parents are working and they can't make ends meet. Miss Ann and Sue are awesome. They come in, they pack all those backpacks. It takes them probably, I don't know, sometimes longer. It depends on how many kids are involved. But the longest they've been in my office is two hours. I know they've been at the elementary school. She does the elementary and the um, middle high. And we have, we have a lot of kids that are needy, that need food. They're hungry if they don't get food. So, and it's not, last year they, they just asked for money. This year they're actually asking for food donations. So like if you want to bring food in, I'll take it, put it in that office and let them sort it out or whatever. But this morning I think we're asking for money. They were standing at um, Walmart yesterday and they, they had buggies full of food. It was She's like, look at what's happening. And I'm like, this is what our community is about. This is what we should be doing is helping those who need help. That's Operation Rescue. That's where we can help. And it doesn't take a lot. Do you know how many, how $20, how much $20 will go for these kids? They get, of course, they, they don't get anything that's perishable, but they get like, um, snack cups, the little pudding cups. They get raisins. They get um, potato chips. I mean, some of these kids, that's stuff they don't get at home is potato chips. I mean, that's, you know, but they get these things and they get peanut butter. They get bread, um, crackers. I mean, it's just, it's stuff that we might look at buying the sausages they get those things, but those kids, that's all they're going to eat if they don't eat that. So, and they never turn it back. You know, they don't, they don't come back and say, well, I don't like that. Please don't put that back in my backpack. If they don't like it, they give it to somebody else who likes it. So, I mean, it's, it's a need. It is a, a big need in our, our school system. I didn't realize the needs that are at the school until I started working there. Because you drop your kid off, your kid's fine. But there are so many kids who need clothes, my goodness, shoes. <laughs> Those kids come in my office. I need a pair of shoes. I don't have shoes. <laughs> I'm the nurse. I don't have shoes. 
But I do have a clothes closet. And we go back and we find whatever I can find back there for them. And sometimes I do have a pair of shoes that fits them. I have, and I, he probably doesn't want me to say anything. Mr. Dutloff gave me some clothes for the closet. And um, he gave a pair of Sperry, those little dock shoes. And there was a kid who came in and he got those shoes. And you would have thought that was a million bucks just because he was able to be like the other boys and have spirit shoes. And he wore them until he wore them out. <laughs> I mean, he did. He wore them every day. So it's just, just give. Kids need, kids don't have opportunity to go to work and make money. They depend on people to help. That's us. blessing okay if you're ready because that's the end of the series watch the Lord change that next Sunday and you're ready to be a part of the operation rescue team I just need for you to stand across this room it, it may not be that you you may not have anything that's but you're ready to hey whatever he needs I'll just would you stand with me this morning pastor I want to be a part of operation rescue it's the heart cry of the gospel. It was the heart cry of my mom and dad over 60 years of ministry. He will probably chew me out for this when I get home. But I want to tell you something. The difference between pastors that I grew up with and a lot that are out there today. I'm talking about Operation Rescue. I found out that through the years, wherever my mom and dad served, any renovation that needed to take place in the church, he did it at no cost. He remodeled parsonages that did not belong to them at no, no cost. He will let me know that I should never have said this. Ladies and gentlemen that are here today, there is a vast difference in how it used to be and how it is today. God never redeemed us to show. God redeemed us. I'm closing. This is God, the Holy Spirit. God never redeemed us for show. God redeemed us to serve. And constantly, if I could, I would keep the lights off of ourselves and keep it on Christ. We're standing now for Operation Rescue. Let's get ready. I don't know what God's going to have me do this week, but I'm ready. And everything that comes in, I'll not touch that box. It's going to go to her, and then she'll give it to Coach Ann Wood and her sister. The box can go back to where it belongs. Thank you for the privilege of using it today. <laughs> ready for the blessings of the Lord? Y'all ready? Father, this has been an awesome time. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. 
One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.